Welcome to the Building Dreams Show, where we help everyday women achieve financial freedom through business and real estate investing. I'm Becky Hurley, investor, entrepreneur, and dreamer. My husband Noah and I have built and rehabbed nearly 100 homes and created a multi-million dollar real estate investment company, all with two kiddos in tow. We have learned to dream big from our small town in Wisconsin, and we are here to help you do the same. Today, we are going to talk about how Noah and I got started in real estate investing. I am Becky Hurley, the host of Building Dreams Podcast. This is my husband, Noah, and we have been real, investing in real estate for over 10 years, and we are excited to share how we got started so that you can get started too. Noah, I would like to kick it off with having you tell everybody how we got started in investing in real estate. So it was about 10 years ago, um, 2000 and. 10, 11, somewhere in there. And uh, <clears throat> we started taking courses uh, on learning how to do like different aspects of real estate. And um, actually, the first part of it was we went on a road trip to Florida. And I convinced Becky while we were dating into reading me a book out loud all the way to Florida on a road trip. I mean, that was that was a perfect road trip right there. Mm -hmm. And we read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So that was the book that kind of got it all started. And from there, we took classes all over the United States for two years and <clears throat> started buying a lot of foreclosures and bank owned properties. So we would go to like our local banks and just be like, Hey, what do you got that you took, you know, what you have that we could purchase, fix up, sell, mm -hmm. rent out. So that's kind of how we got started. Uh, I guess that's how we got started. Yeah. And why, why real estate? Why did we want to get started with real estate investing? I think that real estate was very intriguing because of it was a physically real thing and we knew how to fix them up. So we would buy old crappy houses and fix them up and make them look really pretty and either rent them or sell them to uh, families and so that they could enjoy them. Mm -hmm. So it was something that you could actually, like I, I would say, put my hands on and actually get to work with. So that was kind of what intrigued me. And so on my side of it, my interest in real estate investing came from I Met Noah. I knew I wanted to marry an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to lead an entrepreneurial lifestyle. And I loved that he was a landscaper. So prior to investing in real estate, he had his own landscaping company. I was an employee. I worked for a nonprofit. I started out as a teacher. We, will, we talk about that in other episodes. But I just wanted to see what else was out there. And I had mentioned to him what else do you do in the wintertime? And when he was landscaping, what did you do in the wintertime? Uh, so I started a landscaping company when I was 15. And uh, in the wintertime, when I wasn't landscaping, I would hunt and read the paper and drink coffee and go and visit old, old people. You? I was like 18, 19. It was awesome. I was living the dream. And snowmobiling. And snowmobiling. And then uh, that grew into we started doing snow removal as time progressed along. So we landscaped in the summer and we did snow removal in the winter. Becky absolutely hated the snow removal, made her nauseous. She'd want to get out and puke every time. So <laughs> we stopped doing the snow removal because it really, it wasn't something that we loved to do. It wasn't do, long term. Um, and started into the rentals and what we're doing now. Right. And that all started because Noah had helped a local real estate investor in our town who had fixed and flipped different apartments and he had owned over 200 rental units in our local town 
And he just got to learn the ropes a little bit. And when I had met him and I was like, okay, you need to do something else in the winter than just snowmobile and read the paper. You worked. When I met him, he was 21 years old. And so I was the one that was like, what else is there? And you were like, well, yeah. let's buy some foreclosures and do some fix and flips. And I was like, okay, I have no idea anything about real estate. I don't know the first thing other than I had a one relative in my entire family that did real estate investing. I didn't know what he did or how he did it. And so, that's how it started. Before yeah. we were even married, yeah, I was bought, spending all of Noah's money and yep. signing us up for real estate courses. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and yeah. we did. We did take the road trip to Florida, and I had, I think I had three Richard Pordad books that I read. And I feel like for me, I came from the background that everyone told me to go to school, get good grades so that you can get a good job and go to college so that you can get a good job working for someone else. And that's what I did. And I became a teacher and I started my first job at $32,500 per year. And I realized that that income was not my dream income and it wasn't going to get me all the things that I wanted to have with my life. So, I read those books and we were together when I was reading those books and I feel like my jaw was just dropped. I was like, I cannot believe I didn't know about this before. I cannot believe I did not know about real estate investing and the ways that you can increase your financials so quickly in real estate investing. Nobody teaches this in school. Nobody talks about this. Wanting to go after money was such a abstract thing. I was told money is evil. Rich people got that way by you know, bad, doing bad things. And it was not looked highly upon to go after money, to increase your money. I was always told, oh, don't worry about the money. Do what you love. Okay. Well, I did what I loved. I went to teaching. However, the money that I received as my energetic exchange was not able to fund the next thing that I wanted to do. The, all the goals and dreams that I had for my life I had more than just being a teacher. I had more dreams than just being that and just making that kind of income. So when I read the books and then I found out that there was classes, I was oh, like, yeah. we, we are signing up for this. Yep. Yep. And I think it, the cool part for me was we were just dating. Then we were shortly engaged thereafter. And we had started all of this before we had even gotten married. Mm -hmm. We started doing fix and flips in the summer that we, before we had gotten married. And it was just such a cool experience to get to know each other and just get getting to start a business together before we were married. So, and yep. I don't know, and we've just gone up from there. So yep. I remember you were like, what do you, you know, when I was landscaping and not doing anything in the winter other than <laughs> having fun, which I enjoyed, I'd be like, well, why are you telling me what to do? I make twice as much as you and I only work six months out of the year. And you're like, wow, think of what you could do. So then that kind of sparked the whole thing. And yeah, so we have since phased out our landscaping company and into all the other things that we do. So yes, yeah. So yep. one of the things we also did to, so we bought five rental properties right away. Within yeah, the first year six, of I investing think, I, in real estate, we bought yeah. a, our very first house was a foreclosure um, a house that we actually moved into. We fixed, moved into, and then sold a year and a half later. Then we bought five rentals on foreclosure. So the first thing we did is we went to our local banks. So like Noah yep. said, we went to our local banks and just asked, hey, what do you have as a foreclosure that's on your books that you would like to get these off of your books? And so we didn't have any money down 
when no. we first got started because no. they were just happy to have somebody sign on the dotted line saying that they were going to take on this problem property that they considered a problem. And we, I mean, it was a risk because we were basically signing on the dotted line, but we were getting the houses with no money down. Yeah. And it was all sweat equity putting into it. We yep. did most of the work all of ourselves, unless it was, you know, electrical, plumbing, HVAC. We had to hire people for that. But we did a lot of the gutting ourselves all, yeah. and yeah. Framing, free framing. Trim, cabinets, all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So. Time flies, yeah. I know that there's some real estate investors out there that say, skip the flips. You don't have to do the flips to get started, but that's just how we got started and we enjoyed it. And it was something little that you can get a quick re quick reward from. So you can, I mean, one of the houses we fixed and flipped in two weeks and we made $20,000. So, yeah. hey, I mean, so that kind of, we can get into that later, but that's kind of income that is taxed higher than a rental income, but it's kind of cool when you know you can make that kind of money yeah. on a fix and flip house in two weeks if you want to. Mm -hmm. That was over Christmas too. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? Mm -hmm. Then we got into we got rentals. Yeah. So we got into residential rentals. Then we bought commercial rental properties. So we've done a little bit of all aspects of real estate investing. So we started with fix and flips. Then we bought residential rental properties. Then we bought commercial rental properties. Actually, in our first package with the uh, five houses, I think we also got our first commercial property out of foreclosure. That's right. So we bought a dilapidated, uh, like, complex. Um, there was, like... A warehouse. Warehouse set up with, like, seven or eight buildings. There was only, like, one building that had a paying tenant in. It was a disaster. But we straightened it out, and we still own it to this day. And it's it's one of our top properties now. It's it's really does really good, and, it, and it's a lot of fun. But when we bought it, it was how much? What was the percentage of vacancy? Uh, it was like ninety percent vacant. It was bad. Yeah. And we had a seventy thousand dollar debt to pay back. Yep, we had a partnership. Like that. Yep, that went bad. So and we had we learned out. a lot. Yeah, and that was our first commercial property. Since then, we bought several more. Since then, we've also done some things where we failed. So we've tried to develop land that did not go through, and then. We've developed land that did go through. So we've done land development, commercial real estate investing, residential real estate investing. Um, we own a commercial space that has shopping um, below with an apartment above. So we own that kind of, I don't know what that is called. Kind of like a mixed use. A I mixed would use say, yeah. commercial property. Yep. So we own a couple of those and just have tried like a lot of different avenues of real estate investing. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. So. Yep. Absolutely. A lot of fun. What is your Never biggest tip? What would your biggest takeaway be for somebody getting started in real estate today? What would you tell them? Um, I would say for somebody getting started in real estate today to don't overthink it. It's pretty simple, really. I mean, <clears throat> analysis, paralysis, you know, a lot of people overthink the whole logistics of things. It's really quite simple. You just, like, for instance, we found old dilapidated crappy buildings with half vacancies and we went in there and fixed them all up and rented them and got it all nice and people appreciated that. So you got better tenants and it's, it's really pretty easy to just take an old building and fix it up. And I mean, it takes resources, but um, mm -hmm. so I would just say to just, to just go for it. If you, it doesn't take a lot of time to analyze deals, it's pretty quick and simple. Now, granted when you get to bigger deals, you know, bigger, bigger apartment complexes, yeah, it takes more time, but it's pretty simple really. It's, it's not that scary or difficult. Mm -hmm. And what would you say 
to somebody who doesn't know how to build anything or fix up anything. Uh, you, you, that's that's probably my flaw. <laughs> my number one flaw is, is I know how to do everything and I know how to do it better than everybody else. Right. And I do. <laughs> it's just that you get to a point where you can't be in 27 places at once. So a project might take you three weeks longer than it would have if you just would have been there to do it. But at the same time, you can have 23 projects going at once, all going at the same pace. So you can effectively get a lot more done. But I would so, say, you if know, you don't that's my know, flaw is that if you don't know how to do this stuff, then you can't say, hey, I know how to do this and you're doing it wrong and you're taking too much time. If you don't know, then it's just great. They're getting it done for you. So I would say that's my my number one flaw. So Noah <clears throat> is also a general contractor. So we have a home building company that he's the general contractor for, so he knows how to do a little bit of everything in a home. I would say, if you do not know how to build homes, if you don't know construction, it might be a good idea to learn just a little bit about all of that, but just so you know like the order of events or know, hey, this is a plumbing issue, this is an electrical issue. You know enough to know how a property functions, but you can hire everything done. You can hire a general contractor that would be willing to work with you as your partner, basically. You can hire a general contractor. You can hire plumbers, electricians, HVAC, which you have to normally do any of that anyway because they are licensed in their field. You can hire roofers. You can hire masonry people to do bricks. You can hire flooring. You What else? Painters. You can hire everybody Concrete. every aspect of the real estate and you don't have to do it all yourself and we do hire quite a bit of that out but we just know okay this is a plumbing this is electrical this is a concrete issue who can we call for like a a old basement that we had that was falling in it was like all limestoney yeah we had to call limestoney i like that it was all limestone it was like like a flaking limestone and the and the mortar joints are kind of getting really softened and, and kind of uh shaly and flaky so we actually got a company that's from the town next to us and they came and they shot created the basement walls but if people don't know what shot is so i did not know how to do that so i watched them and i thought it was awesome and so, just because you know how to do it doesn't mean you should do it because no. like noah said it takes longer you can't do as much if as you do it yourself all the time yeah. so one of the things we are learning is to hire out yes and yep. that way he can be the visionary and the overseer but but i think to get started just start researching what's for sale in your local area. Go to your local banks. Just start talking to people that do real estate in your area. Maybe talk to people that own apartment buildings, people that own rentals, and just start getting the ball rolling. I think that's the best way to get started in your real estate business. Yeah, I would say, and if you if you don't have any knowledge of any of it, really the best thing you could do is find a real estate investor or find somebody that owns a lot of apartment buildings in your area and just say hey can i come help you for free for a week and learn what you do that's the best way to Mm -hmm. learn as much as you can and just kind of completely engulf yourself into the whole aspect of it and you'll you'll probably most definitely learn quite a bit from it one of the things we also wanted to answer is people ask us the number one question is how do you get the money to get started in real estate investing so that's what we want to talk about next so i would say um for like the deals that we got, we bought from the banks. They were they were foreclosed properties, so the banks sold them to us basically with no money down um, to take them the burdens off of their hands, and they knew that we could fix them up and rent them or sell them or whatnot and uh, turn them into long-term notes. So what we did, how we did it, is we just structured it into when we would purchase the properties from the banks, we would just say, hey, 
here's our spreadsheet on how much this particular home needed. Like, for instance, one, let's say it needed 20 grand. Like, we needed, it needs $20,000 worth of work. Uh, we'll purchase this house from you for 50 grand. Can you give us the additional 20,000 uh, in fix-up fees, you know, so that we can fix it all up and get it nice and then sell it or turn it over into a rental and turn it into a long-term note. And all of them were more than happy to do that. So main, I think, question, the hurdle is, oh, that sounds great, but how do we get the money? That's the number one way that we've done it. It's just also to work with the bank in which we were buying the foreclosures from and just saying, here's a spreadsheet of the costs that we came up with that we need uh, to put into this home either to flip it and sell it or to get maximum rental income and just ask for that at the same time as a uh, purchasing it and then plus the note to add to the note for the fix-up fees. So that's that's what we would do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, if you have money set aside, you can use it, but we recommend using the bank's money as much as you possibly can or if you have other private money lenders or people that have money that want to loan it to you to invest in, if you don't have to go through a bank, that's another option. So you can get private money lenders or banks to get started without having to use your own money. Yep. So I think that would be the best way to do is always ask the bank for their money. That's what I typically would say. <laughs> That's our first line right yeah. there. Go straight for the banks. If they don't do it, ask a few other banks. You don't have to use just the same one forever. You can ask five different banks and yep, just see who can give you the best rates and amount of money. So why go to the banks first? Noah. So when you go to a bank, a bank is the cheapest money that you're going to get. Um, the bank will lend you money cheaper than anybody that you're going to be able to get money from. So there's going to become a point where like, well, I can just buy this house in cash myself and I don't have to give the bank any money. That's, that's small thinking. That's micro thinking instead of macro thinking. It's going to come to a point where unless you've got millions and millions of dollars of your own money, hundreds of millions, if you want to get to that point, and at that point, why would you be getting into real estate if you already have hundreds of millions of dollars? That could be another episode. If you got hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> you could call us, Private Money Lend. But uh, the bank is always the best place to get money from, to operate in fixing up buildings, buying buildings, and all that stuff, because they already have the note to hold the property. So it just makes the most sense for them to um, and what kind of banks? add on there. What kind of banks? I use, we use community banks. Community banks, some of them have grown, that they're not such a community bank anymore. But a community bank is like a... Small local bank in your area. Maybe they have a couple other locations in other towns, um, like family-owned banks. That's how we got started. They have since some of them have been bought. Some of them have bought other banks, so they're getting bigger. But everybody is growing together. So that's kind of where we have gotten our start is in community banks. But as you grow, it'll get to a point where you'll draw the attention of bigger banks because banks have to lend money in order to make money. So when they get to where they're not creating new loans and they're not, they need more people to give money to, um, the bigger you get, then you will start to draw the attention of bigger banks. So they'll kind of call to see if they can work with you to purchase properties. So. so we just talked about how we got our start in real estate investing and what we recommend for you if you're getting started in real estate investing is to start small. We did fix and flip properties to start with, then we got into small residential properties and we went to our local banks to get the money for fixing them up and also we got them for no money down. That is still a possibility out there if you work with your local banks. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We will have many more podcasts to come on our Building Dreams podcast and YouTube channel. Please subscribe here to learn more about investing and how we got started in small town Wisconsin in our local area in real estate investing and how you can too. <laughs>